Well, good afternoon, everybody. Darren Saul here, your host of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast, episode 125 with the fantastic Ian Kaminsky. How are you doing, Ian? I'm doing great, Darren. Yourself? I'm uh, doing very well. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Well, it's great to be here with all your listeners today. Oh, thanks, thanks for joining. Now, for everybody out there, we've got a fantastic one. Your mindset determines your business success. Now, we, we're hearing more and more about this these, these days, how important your inner dialogue and your mindset and your attitude is to everything you do in life. So Ian is an expert in this area. He actually runs the NLP Hypnosis Centre, where he works with groups of business owners to improve their business mindset and thereby their productivity, performance and business profits. So Ian's going to tell us all about how mindset and uh, inner dialogue can affect us in our lives. But before we jump in, Ian, maybe tell us a bit about more about you, because you know, we'd like to have the audience learn a bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I've actually been running now the Melbourne NLP Hypnosis Centre now for just over 12 years. Um, and we sort of work, I suppose, Darren, with three groups of clients. Uh, we've mentioned one already, which is the business owners. We work uh, you know, in groups to help them. But we also do a lot of work with clients who, uh, A, want to get rid of undesired patterns of behavior they no longer want to maintain, yeah. you know, whether it's drinking, gambling, sugar addiction, weight loss, and so on. Yeah. Or we actually work with people who are doing okay in certain areas, but actually would like to improve. And that could include things like um, academics, it could be sales, sports, and so on. So we have like sort of three groups of people that uh, we work with. And uh, I'm sort of really passionate. I've been, I've been passionate since the, you know, I was actually studying uh, to do my PhD. I was just passionate about, you know, human performance, success, um, overcoming obstacles and challenges. It's what makes some people really excel in life and others who actually really struggle. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like your practice is a combination of hypnotherapy and NLP. Is that correct? Exactly right. I find the two, it's like a, a perfect marriage. Nice. Okay. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> I love it. They just work really, really well together. And I suppose the other thing too is that sometimes clients um, don't respond to certain techniques or therapies. Yeah, true. And so I find that for some clients, if they're having difficulty with a particular NLP technique, if I then sort of say, okay, that's fine, let's just maybe drop that, but let's now use some hypnosis instead, um, that can work really well for them you know, as an alternative. Fantastic. I've never really delved into hypnosis much, so I'm looking forward to learning a bit more about how that all works. But um, let's kind of take a step back. I mean, it's an obvious question, but you know, I'm sure you're going to shed some light on it for us. You know, mindset and self-image is so important, and obviously it has effects on everything we do, but maybe can you comment on the exact relationship and how important it really is? in your experience. Yeah, yeah, great. Look, I might actually, um, you know, uh, use some quotes here, Darren, of some of the greats uh, of our time, you know, people like uh, Tony Robbins, um, even Einstein, and another guy who was a uh, famous sales, I just actually his name just, just forgot, I just wrote his yeah. name, just going to have a quick look. Zig Ziglar. Um, no, it wasn't Zig Ziglar, it was actually one of the, um, oh, sorry, Brian Tracy. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's very big, of course, as a business coach in sales. And they all actually agreed upon one thing. 
uh, which was that actually success is 80% mindset and 20% strategy. Yeah. You know, so they didn't say strategy is not important. In fact, they acknowledge quite rightly that strategy is very, very important. It can save you years and years of effort, yes. you know, reinventing the wheel, you know, relearning, you know, powerful lessons. But they said, you know, unanimously that if your attitude is not right, no matter how good your strategy is, it's just not going to be effective because you'll probably give up too early or you just won't take it on or you just, you just won't be able to sort of persevere and get things done over the long term. So true. And I see that all the time. And, if you know, that's a struggle for all of us. You know, we have ideas, we strategize, we come up with the best ideas, but it's we all fall down in the implementation. And that is what you're saying. Because mindset and attitude is really that 80% that makes you consistently execute on that strategy every single day for in, in, in perpetuity until you achieve your goal. Well, let me ask you a question here, Darren. You know, can you think of times, you know, when opportunities come up, would actually made a huge positive impact either on your business or your life, yeah. but you had self-doubts about, you know, your ability to do something sure. and thereby you held yourself back from even trying it. Have you had that experience before? Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we all have, you know, I mean, I, I have these as well, you know, and um, these are just great examples of the importance of your limiting beliefs, your self-image and your self-confidence. Yep, so and, you know, if they're not quite where they should be or where they could be, I should say, uh, then that's going to be always like a bit of a break holding you back from progressing moving yep. forward. So true. And I've also found um, as well that, you know, once people have done something once, they've created a radical change once, or they've broken through that one self-limiting belief, they find it easier to repeat the pattern. But the first one's the hardest one. Would you say that's correct? Uh, very much so. In many cases, that's very, very true. Um, because once you've done it once, and of course, you've then got the evidence procedure to say, well, look, I've done it before, so clearly I'll be able to do it again. I can apply um, myself there, I'll apply myself here. What's exactly right. Difference? Exactly right. So in fact, one of the ways to really boost your self-confidence is actually to look for evidence mm. of you in the past having actually achieved that. In fact, we actually have a really powerful question we ask our clients often. It's called actually the counter-example question. And it could be along the lines of, you know, Ian, you know, whenever my wife does this, I get really upset and I drink, you know, three litres of whiskey. And I would say, okay, that's interesting, okay. Um, but was there ever a time when you didn't do that? You know, when your wife did things that annoyed you, but you didn't respond in that way. And they say, yeah, she went, you know, when I got married, you know, and things like this, we didn't do that, you know, sort of thing. So it's amazing how, you know, they've got these sort of patterns of behavior they have, but they sort of forget about the times when they didn't have that. So true. And, you know, what, what was different then, you know, well, actually maybe, well, if I did it, could do it before, well, maybe I can do it now as well. So true. And like I've spoken to a lot of amazing coaches and mindset coaches on this podcast. And the one thing I've learned is really how we can change our neural pathways if we put in some effort. It's very hard oh. to do. It takes a lot of work, but we can recreate those habits and those behaviors just with active practice. Well, it actually it gets even more exciting, though, because, um, see, if we talk a little bit about how the, the mind works, Darren, 
you know, we've got the conscious and we've got the unconscious minds. Mm -hmm. So on a conscious level, you know, we, we uh, analyze situations, we make decisions. Our short-term memory resides there plus our willpower, yeah. which can be very strong, particularly if we're pretty stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> But even then we have to remember to apply because if we have a distraction, for example, what do we do? We just respond in some sort of automatic fashion. Right. Actually, these automatic responses are really the domain of the unconscious mind, responsible for things like our bodily functions, you know, which we're not normally conscious of, you know, whether it's breathing or heart rate, but also involves things like our emotions, habits, long-term memory, our beliefs and values, and also our protection mechanism. Mm -hmm. And you see, you know, all learning behavior and change actually is unconscious, right? So as, as you were hinting at before, uh, I think where you were going there was, you know, you take say between three to four weeks to form a new habit. So we can sort of consciously work our way through and do that. Well, actually, well, actually if you put reminders around your place, it actually can be a lot faster than that. Mm -hmm. But if you use tools like NLP and hypnosis, Darren, it can be done a much, much faster. Right. I'll just, just, just throw this out there. There's actually a very powerful NLP technique called the swish pattern, S-W-I-S-H. Right. And it allows you to change an uh, undesirable pattern of behavior, typically within 15 to 30 minutes. Wow. It's a couple and of then, good And then are you saying when you're changing it unconsciously, so it's there, it's changed forever until you rechange it? You might need to top it up a little bit here and there, but you've basically created that neural pathway right from the word, yeah, word go. That's, that's and unconscious. Much deeper and stronger level, that's correct. Wow. So it's S-W-I-S-H. It's actually a really powerful YouTube video by Tony Robbins actually demonstrating actually how that works when he was probably uh, probably about 30 or 40 years ago. Wow. Was he, did, did a lot of his work, was that born in NLP or did he mix a lot of things together? It's it's really interesting actually, Darren, you used to say that. I've sort of been working quite a bit with um, or learning a lot of Tony's techniques. And um, it's actually interesting because, you know, he talks a lot about my techniques, you know, my techniques work, you know, blah, blah, blah. And unfortunately, what I, what I sort of dislike a little bit is that he doesn't actually give due recognition to the founders of NLP. Right, yeah. For example, um, this is a story that I've heard a number of times. I, I haven't checked its authenticity, but I assume it's right. Is that he became, you know, uh, wildly famous when he uh, demonstrated on TV a snake phobia. Yeah. Yet she had a lady come in who was absolutely petrified of, of, you know, of snakes. And within about 15 minutes, live on TV, he was able to change her uh, phobia to not not an absolute like I want to kiss them, but certainly <laughs> she was not phobic in any way. She would sort of, you know, was she could sort of be around them. Wow. She was still respectful of them, but she wasn't freaking out the moment you said, snake, snake, <laughs> which otherwise she'd go crazy. Wow. So a lot of it is born in NLP techniques. Yeah. And he's actually taken it, he's actually adapted, he's actually uses now a technique called neuroassociative conditioning. And, and what he suggests is that, you know, we can begin with the NLP techniques, but then it requires what you were saying, that condition, that repetition, to really sort of, you know, to make it even stronger. Perfect. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Fantastic. And so let's kind of get into the nitty gritty. Um, yeah, sure. Let's say, all right, great. We've identified we have to make some change in certain areas. What are some of the key elements to start working on and how do we actually do that? 
Great. Okay. So I suppose the first thing um, I want to go back to is the area of self-belief, mm -hmm. self-confidence, self-image, and so on. Um, I actually believe personally that actually is, is where we should all do whatever we can to improve right. because it's always going to put a ceiling on, on our abilities, our, our limits in life. And so um, we can either use evidence-based procedure, which we mentioned before, you know, I, if I've done it before, I can do it again. Or we could say, look, if, if Darren can do it, that means I can do it yep. or others can do it. I can do it as well. Or we need to use other techniques, and that includes things like NLP and hypnosis to help us to delve into those beliefs and values at an unconscious level to help actually start to change those. And to give you a really great example, um, and there are multitudes of techniques you can use here. Um, so, you know, if you find that one isn't quite as effective for you, then you know, there are other ones you could try. Awesome. So just yeah, as an example. Actually, actually, before you jump into there, that's a really good point because I love... I was going to bring that up. Like, there's no one practice that's better than another. It's just whatever works for the person. You have to tailor things and strategies um, for the personality. Is that right? I'll, I'll probably rephrase it. And I would say there's, there's often not a universal technique that works for everyone. Right. Right. So for, just as an example, okay. See, many NLP techniques are highly visual. Right. You know, close your eyes. Can you imagine yourself being in a cinema? Can you imagine actually there's a, a, a you know, a movie playing? Floating You're through in the, the water and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so some people actually, for whatever reason, are not visual. They might be more auditory kinesthetic. And so for them, it's a, if it's a highly visual procedure, they sort of flounder right. and they really sort of have difficulty. Right. But if I do something similar with them under hypnosis, they actually find it quite it just changes, makes it much easier for them. Yeah, interesting. And there are also things like timeline therapy techniques that actually also can help you go back into the past, yeah. find out what events in the past caused you to take on those limiting beliefs and she then change them and also go back and look at all following events where you took on that belief and it limited you and then replay them in a way now where those aren't holding you back again. Gotcha. Gotcha. You see, it's interesting because when you think about it, I don't want to sort of maybe go this way, you know, go diverge too much, but you know, when we're between zero and seven as young kids, you know, we take, we're like sponges, as, as I'm sure you would appreciate. And whatever our parents or our older, you know, siblings, or people we look up to say, we don't question. And so at that very young age, you're taking all these beliefs and values in without question that you then continue on for the rest of your life, assuming that you, they are correct. Accept them as, as fact or as truth. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. You don't question them, whatever. And they will then dictate or limit you in different ways moving forward. Gotcha. If they're negative, that's going to be like a straitjacket on you. But if they're empowering, of course, they're going to be very powerful and, and positive for you. Gotcha, gotcha. And so often, you know, with many of these therapies, um, it's a case of, you know, going back to and having a look at some of those events and then changing the decision that we made as a result of them and right. taking on a new empowering and positive one moving forward. Right. And a lot of those behaviours and truths that we accept you know, when we're growing up, do they live in our subconscious or our unconscious? Unconscious. Unconscious. Good. But actually where our long-term memory resides. Right. And in fact, it's interesting, Darren, because 
if I asked you a question about an event that happened like when you were, what, you know, say when we were 10 years old, and you might say, well, I can't remember what happened. Well, I can't remember what happened yesterday, but 10 years old. If, if we were able to tap into your unconscious mind, say with hypnosis, yeah, you'd be able to remember it. Because it, it never forgets anything. It's like a reservoir of, it's like your whole database sitting there ready to be. And, it, and there's actually been a number of um, criminal cases, you know, where there've been um, witnesses to, you know, a murder or a, or a um, you know, like a robbery and, and, and so on. Yeah. And the actual witness can't remember all the details. So they will often be put into a hypnotic trance in a very special way, very controlled way. And they'll be able to then recall the events much more clearly. Amazing. What do you know? Huh? It is. It's, it's pretty amazing how your mind works. <laughs> awesome. So basically it's about identifying where you want to make change, consciously um, working with somebody and certain types of therapies to allow you to you exactly. know, make those changes permanent. Exactly. So for example, example I want to mention to you, sorry, we were leading to before, is I did actually uh, Tony Robbins's Unleash the Power Within event. It was probably about uh, maybe two months ago. It was a, his virtual one here in Australia. And one of the big things that he focuses on in that event is overcoming limiting beliefs. Right, nice. You know, so there's that option, there's hypnotherapy, there's NLP techniques, there's also timeline therapy, which is also very important. There's also other ones as well you can use, but those are the ones that I'm sort of quite familiar with. Oh, fantastic. And where does motivation come into this? Or is that just like, I want to do something, but if you don't actually, as we said, practice 80% execution, motivation is just useless? Um, well, what, I, what we're sort of getting at here is what, what drives you? What drives you to get things done, mm. you know? And there's probably two main points I wanted to emphasize here, Darren. The first one is, is that, <clears throat> you know, we are generally motivated by one of two things, pleasure yep. or pain. <laughs> okay, so I'm sure you've probably heard. Say, we the run carrot, towards pleasure and away from pain. Yeah? The carrot or the stick, as they say. <laughs> and, and different people are motivated by different things. For some people, like, for example, I know for myself, I'm more avoiding pain. Mm -hmm. and I'll give you an example. You know, I, I'm part of an accountability group and we meet every fortnight and you know the sunday before our meeting i'm thinking to myself geez what haven't i done here how am i going to get this done i'm not going to that meeting without you know having this done so for me it's very much a pain thing right but for others it's a case of oh look i really need to have you know a, a reward of some sort to get me over the line right and i might and i might even go through some short-term pain for a longer-term reward exactly that's right. what drives them Exactly right. So, so the first thing is to know what, what is your main driver. And so, for example, let's just say, Darren, for you, it was mainly a reward thing. Then when you have to do tasks that you don't necessarily like, then if you would be great to say, well, look, what I'll do, if I finish this task off, then I'm going to go to the cinemas or I'm going to do, I have a reward for yourself. Gotcha, gotcha. For me, it's more a case of I need to have a, like a penalty, you know, a stick, so that if I don't get it done, well, how it goes to the thing. Constantly just avoiding the pain. <laughs> <laughs> and the interesting thing is actually just about this, maybe just in a bit more detail, I don't want to spend too much time on it though, is that it actually has been found that you get more consistent results if you're more on the avoiding pain 
side okay. rather than uh, getting pleasure. Okay, right? why, and why is that? Well, it's an interesting example of, um, this is the example that was used. So such as someone who was motivated by um, income, right. right? Wanted to increase their income. Yep. So on the one hand, you have people who, for example, say things like, look, I don't want to be broke. So they're, they're moving away from being broke. Yeah. Others want to say, well, hang on a second, but I actually want to, you know, I want to, because I want to buy a house, for example. So one's pleasure, one actually is avoiding pain. Yeah. And it actually works out for the person who's wanting to avoid being broke, they might get to a certain point and think, well, you know, I'm actually not broke anymore. So why should I bother continuing? And they'll back off. Oh, no, no, I'm getting too close. I'll go back up again. You know, but, oh, I'm getting too close. Huh. this up and down because they're sort of, they get to a point where they're not broke anymore. So they don't have to continue pursuing their income goals anymore. That sort of makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. This and is an example. Um, and point number two I wanted to mention about uh, motivation was um, it's also very important to know what fulfills you. Right, because we all have different things that we love to do, which we find very fulfilling. You know, it could be, for example, uh, you like something creative. Mm. Let's just say an example. And so, whatever that happens to be for you, it's good to first of all know it, and then to incorporate at least some aspects of that in your work or family, you know, life. Mm. So, so you know, personal life, because I know, for example, for me. I'm, I actually love helping people, but I also, I'm very analytical because I've come from an engineering background. Yeah. And so I find for me, if I go too far one way or the other, I don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel, I'm not, I don't like what I'm doing. I sort of, I can do it for a little while, but then I sort of lose interest or just have, lack the motivation. Gotcha. But if, if I'm doing things that encompass both or I make time for both, then generally I feel really great and I just want to continue doing what I'm doing. Okay, fantastic. So, so just, that's just important. an example. It's good to know, you know, what, what is important to you, what motivates you yeah. and incorporating at least some of that in your routines, you know, on a daily basis or maybe on a weekly basis. It just keeps the fires burning. Exactly you right. Know, it keeps that sort of that that, motive. Keeps yeah. you in that phase of making sure you execute on that strategy. Exactly right. Exactly right. You just lose focus and lose uh, motivation. Yeah, exactly right. Okay. Anyway. Now, I love a good story. So have you got a good story for us as to, you know, paint a picture as to how either NLP or hypnosis um, has really helped somebody in a, you know, from a business owner's point of view that, you know, someone that might've come to you for help. I'd love to hear a, a little story. Uh, well, I mentioned actually two, if I could. Uh, one's more on a personal, but it also does encompass work as well. Uh, and the other one actually is more to do with like a business type of setting uh, to do with our program. So in, in the first example, I had a guy who is um, a very, very clever guy. He was very strategic in how he, he planned uh, his sessions with me. So he came to first of all see me for quit smoking. Right. Like he was spending a lot of money on his cigarettes and he was highly successful. He stopped within the session. So he was really, really happy. Then he actually came to see me for some work with White. So do you, and he, you used, he stopped within one session? Yes. Under hypnosis? Yes. Well, that was actually a combination of NLP and hypnosis. One session, stop smoking. That's it. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
I mean, not all of our clients do, but many of them do. And then he used very clever. He used the money that he saved, right? Very clever. And actually helped him improve in other areas. So he came to see me then for weight loss. And we did some work in there. He made some progress there. And then he actually had some issues with communication in his job. Right. Right. So Ian, come on, you got to help me with this, this stuff. So off, off we went. So we did some work with him. He helped him with his, with his role at work. Fantastic. And he said to me, Ian, I've got a real problem. I said, well, what, what's the problem now, Michael? I said, well, <laughs> I'm saving all this money, right? I didn't have before, but I'm just squandering it. And I'd like to actually, he was very, um, very fond of the barefoot investor. Right, yes, yes, yes. And he said, look, I'm wasting, I'm just buying all this stuff. I don't even need it. What I'd like to do actually is be able to invest that as surplus funds for my future. And I want to use the strategies of the barefoot investor. Can you help me? Come on, Michael, in we come. So we did a whole session on money management. Right. And he told me, that one, he was now saving thousands every, every month and she's putting it towards his long-term future. And he was really happy with that. So it was just a great example. But yeah. No, a good example, but also just the way he sort of planned it. So he's very clever because he was just using money he didn't have before anyway. Perfect. It was just really clear. It was money for jam, just keep, you know, compounding, compounding. And then, of course, with his investments, it's probably, again, you know, just compounding and compounding beyond that. Perfect. So that was the first case study. And I suppose the number two case study was for business owners who, who do our business success mindset program. And probably the most common... I suppose outcome we get from that program, people realizing how distracted they are in the current environment. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure we can probably all testify to this. You know, we've got social media, we've got SMSs, we've got emails, we've got stuff coming out of our ears. And it's so, so easy just to get totally distracted and actually and just not be productive. Yeah. Yeah. And so one of the things that we work on quite a lot in this program is actually first of all working out well what are your distractions and how to get rid of them and secondly where are you losing all your time you know is it like in needless meetings or things that are no longer important for you and so on and so on mm-hmm. and then we use a variety of techniques uh, to actually help people get into the zone where they can be very very focused on what needs to be done and be very productive i'll give you an example actually darren if you don't mind sure. Let's just say you were uh, playing a sport. Let's, what sports did you play when you were? Oh, no, I used to play squash. Squash. Okay. Do you play any team sports though? Uh, yeah, I used to. What I used to play team sports. I used to play a bit of uh, baseball. Baseball. Uh, okay, we'll use baseball. Oh, we'll use squash actually. Let's just say, for example, you're you're playing squash and you're playing in a competition, yep. and you're playing in the grand final, mm-hmm. right? You're you you the last last couple of shots. You got to the very last shot, right? And the actual score was even. <laughs> this was the last shot you could do for the game, right? You had to serve. Pressure now, on this one. <laughs> so my question for you would be, Darren, how focused would you be on that last shot you had for the game? Very focused. Very focused. You focused. Just, yeah, okay, that's right. The question is, can you actually um, develop laser focus when you need it most in your business? Mm-hmm. This is what we're talking about with our, with our program. You're getting into the zone. Yeah. We actually had a guy who, who actually, he was actually on the program. He actually was from Ireland, would you believe? Right. Yeah. Because 
with COVID, of course, everything's gone online. So I actually had people all over the world who were actually in this program. Right. And he actually, he actually used, was a former director of engineering. So he did a lot of training, a lot of courses and stuff. He said to me, Ian, after doing your course and learning about the distraction techniques and the focusing, all that sort of stuff, where I was using my time, I actually was able to do twice as much in half the time. There you go. And I thought, well, what more can you say after that? It just goes to show you. Well done. And that's where it comes down to, you know, being more productive improves your performance and inevitably improves your profits as a result of that. Fantastic. Well, that's living proof. And if you actually see him, I've, I've given you the testimonial video. His name oh, is right. Turan. Okay. He actually appears, I think, twice on that video. So oh, talking right. about his, uh, his benefits and outcomes. And for everybody out there, we're going to put that video in the uh, show notes so you can link and have a look as well. Yep, fantastic. Well done, well done Ian. And so tell us a bit more about how we can get in touch with you and the Melbourne Hypnosis NLP Centre if we need to work with you. Yeah, so if people want to sort of discuss uh, either our four-week business success mindset program or get some help, you know, overcoming a challenge or issue they have in their life or improving their performance, I just jump on our website, our Melbourne NLP Hypnosis Centre.com.au or just give us a call or just email me at ian at Melbourne NLP Hypnosis Centre.com. I'd be more than happy. Our phone number, I'm sure, will be in the show notes as well. It's one 973 717 Awesome. Well, Ian, thank you so much for being on the show. Fascinating discussion. I mean, this stuff, you know, you can you can go high level and you can really go deep. You could you could go in for hours. But you know, we've given it we've touched on a few interesting topics, and NLP and hypnosis has always been you know, something that I've been fascinated about and you're hearing more and more about these days. You know, I think because of our, because our lives are so much more complicated, we all need to overcome certain challenges. It's becoming, it's moving to the forefront where we're starting to really take advantage of these techniques. Um, so mm. A lot of this kind of stuff. But anything you'd like to leave us with before we finish up? Yeah, actually, I'd love to. In fact, I've actually got a special hypnosis recording, especially for business owners. Oh, there you go. And actually, many of them have really sort of found the current environment quite quite challenging. So actually, got a special hypnosis recording about reigniting your entrepreneurial fire and thriving during these current challenging times rather than just surviving. Perfect. So I've just I've already given you the link already. I'm just going to put that in the show notes for everyone. Uh, that just takes them to a little bit of the landing page. There's lots of information, tips on how to actually do this, and they can also get access to the recording as well. Oh, fantastic. Ian, really appreciate it. And I'm sure the audience will find that very useful. I, I would love to hear their comments and feedback. It'd be wonderful to hear. Absolutely. Well, Ian, thank you again. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. All the audience out there, I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. And if you have any questions for Ian, please uh, feel free to you know, put them in the show notes or send them to myself or to Ian. And if you want to use Ian's services and the Melbourne NLP Hypnosis Centre to overcome some challenges, get in touch because I'm sure that he'll be fantastic to work with. So Ian, thanks again. And for everybody out there, have a great afternoon and we'll see you very, very soon for another episode. Bye for now. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, everyone. Great to be here.